Today, we're talking about by faith. Somebody say, by faith. Come on, now say it like you mean it. Say, by faith. I was on TikTok, as I normally am. Uh, how many of you are on TikTok? You like TikTok? All the kids said yes. All the above 60 said, uh-huh. I'm sorry, what? Okay. TikTok is a social media platform uh, for people younger than myself, all right, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, but I love TikTok. I mean, I, I, my feed is, is very interesting now because it's all just a bunch of like Bible stuff, which I know some of y'all feel convicted right now because your feed is just like, you know, all kinds of other stuff. Mine's just a bunch of Bible stuff. We got some parenting stuff, some different things like that, you know, but for the most part, it's just a bunch of Bible. And I saw a TikTok from this theology account. And the question that they were asking was, is God real? And it was a theology account. These guys are pastors, okay? They're asking this question. And it just said in big, bold letters, is God real? And I was like, well, this ought to be interesting. And so the guy goes on to say, very intellectual, of course, very intellectual, suit and tie, right? Okay. And so he says, is God real? Well, the only intellectual, honest, intellectually honest answer I can give you is, I don't know. I don't know. And this guy's a theology guy, a pastor, a believer, okay, right? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then he said this, he said, faith isn't being certain in your answer to the question of, is God real? But it's just having faith anyway. Uh, so faith isn't being certain in your answer to the question, is God real? That sounds really Christian-y, right? But I was listening to, is faith isn't being certain in your answer is the question, God is real? Um, yes, it is. <laughs> like, it literally is. Like, that's the definition of faith. That doesn't even make sense. I was like, what is this dude talking about right now? So anyway, I commented on there and I was, uh, he was talking about doubt. And, and I said, yeah, I, I don't have any doubt. And then he like actually commented back to me, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, there's hundreds of comments and he commented back to me and, and he thought I was joking. And he was like, LOL, like when you, when you get there, let me know. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I really don't have any doubts. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, he commented back and he's like, well, what about all these other passages? And and stuff like that in the Bible about doubts. And I was like, no, that's, you're, you're taking that completely out of context. Here's the deal. There's a whole chapter in the Bible called the faith chapter. They call it the hall of faith, right? And, and, and this is the chapter, Hebrews 11. We're gonna go there today. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Hebrews 11. And we're gonna take a look at a few passages of scripture about what real faith looks like, amen? And what walking by faith looks like. It gives 17 examples in Hebrews 11 of living by faith. And can I tell you one thing about all 17 of these examples? None of these people questioned if God was real. Not one of them. Now, if you have doubts about if God is real in this place, I don't wanna minimize that. I don't wanna make you feel bad because listen, I think we all struggle with doubt at some point in our lives, amen? Like we deal with these things, right? Because we're human and, and we make mistakes and we have sin in us and like we don't actually get to see God face to face. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to believe in something that you can't see. That's why the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, right? But none of the people in the Bible, if you would have gone back to the Old Testament and you would have asked somebody, is God real? You think that they seriously would have said, well, faith is not necessarily knowing the answer to that question, but we're gonna have faith anyway. You think Moses seriously was like that? Come on, guys, get out of here. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence and assurance seem like some pretty strong words, right? They knew that God was real. They knew he existed. So faith is not uh, having doubt that God is real 
but then believing he is real anyway? Like that doesn't even make sense. Hebrews eleven six. it says just a few verses later, you can go down. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Someone say impossible. impossible. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I, did that guy just forget about Hebrews 11? I'm just like trying to figure this out. So I'm commenting back and forth. And anyway, he eventually stopped commenting. I was being real nice. I'm not like one of those mean commenters. So I was like, hey man, I get it. Like, you know, we're all trying to figure this thing out, but like, this really doesn't make sense. Like you're probably gonna lead some people astray here. Like that's, that's not good, you know? Like I really don't have any doubt. And so, so many comments though, were saying, man, this video just gets me. This video, I feel this video, right? Like the way that Gen Z talks, you know what I mean? Uh, they're just talking about it. And so it's just weird. Like I, I get this video. This is connecting with me in such a deep way right now. And I'm just like, okay, but it doesn't make sense. It's not biblical. Like if it connects with you, that's fine. We all can connect with the idea of having doubt, but we're not supposed to stay there. That's not what walking by faith and living by faith is. No one in the Bible questioned God's existence. You seriously think after Moses saw 10 plagues in Egypt, he saw the burning bush first off, God says, go, set my people free, right? And he goes, he's like, that was kind of crazy, you know? And then he goes and sees the 10 plagues, leads over a million people out of Egypt and out of captivity, watches the Red Sea part, and then walks through the wilderness for 40 years, getting fed by manna that fall down from the sky. They're led in the day by a cloud and at night by a pillar of fire. You seriously think after all of that, Moses would have been like, man, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't know if God's real. I don't know. I just am not, I'm not convinced. I need some more evidence, right? Really, honestly, like think about all the stories in the Old Testament, even New Testament, people walking around with Jesus, people getting healed left and right. You know, what's interesting though is some people still doubted, but they were always, it was always looked at as a bad thing, right? It's not a good thing. You have to come to God in faith. Jesus says, if you come to God in faith and you do not doubt, like anything that you ask will be done. You have to believe and not doubt. So it says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. A lot of people will say, well, pastor, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. We're not, we don't have to like see things in order for us to have faith. And to that, I would say, the guy who wrote that literally had Jesus physically appear to him. So how, where's the logic there? The guy who wrote that actually saw Jesus face to face. So that doesn't even make sense either. Here's the deal. Faith is not just believing that God is real. That's just the beginning. Faith is believing that God is good, amen? Faith is believing, uh, faith is building a boat when it's never rained. Faith is leaving your hometown like Abraham did to go to a land that I will show you. When the Lord told Abraham, hey, go to a land I will show you. Leave everything that you know and go. And Abraham says, all right, cool. That's faith. Not just believing he's real, but listening to what he says and believing that his word is good, that he is good and that he loves us and that he has a plan for us. Faith is walking around Jericho and believing the walls will come down. Like you look like an idiot walking around. Like you're just walking around, going around the walls of Jericho. You gotta believe the guys were making fun of them. I used to watch VeggieTales when I was a kid. I don't know about you guys, but in VeggieTales, they, they were making fun of them and they would throw purple slushies at them over the top. You know what I'm saying? They would throw them. They had a whole song and everything. It was, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Brains I must be small, so keep walking. You wanna down our wall, something like that. Anyway, so it was great. It was great. I love VeggieTales. We're getting into it with Oakland now, so you're probably gonna get a lot of VeggieTales references coming up soon, guys. So, but that's faith. 
walking around Jericho, believing the walls would come. Did they question that God was real? Absolutely not. But could they have doubted that his word and his promises were true? Yes. And that happened many, many times in scripture. And that is what sometimes we struggle with in a big way. But the idea that doubting of God's existence is that's not even a thing in scripture. They don't even, they don't even address that. So faith is praying for the sick, believing that they'll recover. Faith is so much more than just believing God is real. God calls us to walk by faith. Come on, somebody say, by faith. There might come a time when he asks you to step out in a pretty big way. Maybe you've been in that place before where God has called you to do something really big in your life. And you had faith in God, but you're just like, man, I don't know, like this is, this is kind of a lot, Lord. I'm not really sure about this. Maybe he's asked you to take a leap of faith to start a new business. Maybe he's asked you to get that degree or to move across the country or go across the world, to get married, to start a family, share your faith with a coworker or pray for a stranger or something like that. Maybe God has asked you to do something like that before. And he's gonna call you to walk by faith at different points in your life. Some might be bigger and some might be smaller. Some might feel really big, but we know that with God, all things are possible, amen? And so God is gonna call you to walk by faith. And when he does, I'm gonna give you three things today that you uh, are gonna feel, three things. And the first one is, if you're taking notes, is when God calls you to walk by faith, you won't feel qualified. You will not feel qualified. It's not gonna happen, I'm telling you. Have you ever got a job that you were vastly unqualified for? I have, it was great. I've got a job before that I was just like, man, I don't know why they hired me. Like, this is not smart on their part, do you know what I mean? And I know some people have done that before. Maybe you step out on a limb and you apply for this job that you have no business applying for, but maybe you felt like God told you to or you felt like you could do it. And, and so you went for it and they hired you. Man, I, I got a job one time. Maybe there's some people watching from Oklahoma right now. Uh, I worked in Oklahoma at a church for five years. And, and when I got there, I was kind of doing the interview process and part of it was me uh, leading worship. And, and I kind of talked to the pastor a little bit, Pastor Kevin, he spoke here about a year ago and uh, just an amazing man of God. And, and I was leading worship and he needed a creative director. The problem is, is, is I had a lot of experience in youth and leading worship and some other things, but I wasn't really proficient at graphic design, at marketing, at communications, different things like that. And that's really what they needed more than anything else. So I'm up there leading worship and Pastor Kevin will tell this story and he says, you know, they were in the board meeting asking, hey, are we gonna hire this guy? And they said, what are we even gonna hire him for? Like he, he has a lot of different things, but what are we gonna hire him for specifically? Like the thing we actually need him for, he doesn't really know how to do. And he said, I don't know, but I want that guy on my team. I, I don't know, I have no idea, but I like this guy and I want him to be on my team. I was vastly underqualified for the position, but what ended up happening is I learned over time the things that I needed to learn. Over time, God trained me. Over time, I worked hard and I walked by faith. And during that time, I was able to learn the skills that I needed and more. And we were able to take the church from maybe about five, 600 people up to about a thousand during the time I was there. It was an incredible time of growth. And of just, I loved going to work every day. It was amazing. Did I have the qualifications when I actually applied for the job though? No. But was I qualified over time as I walked by faith and as I took a step every day, coming into the office, grinding, working hard, trusting God, believing that I was in that season at that point for the right time? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Moses in the burning bush is one of like the prime examples of this. Moses shows up to this burning bush. It's in Exodus three, if you wanna take a look at it. 
And God appears to him in this bush. It says there was a bush that was burning, but it wasn't actually being consumed. It, it was just kind of burning. And, and Moses, he says in the word, he's like, that's kind of interesting. I'm gonna go check that out. And so God starts speaking to him from this burning bush. He says, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. And so God starts speaking. And he says, I need you to go to Egypt. I need you to set my people free. I've heard the cry of the Israelites and they've been oppressed for a long time. They've been in captivity for a long time. And I need you to go set them free. And this is what Moses says in Exodus 3, 11 through 12. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Who am I? Right, I'm not important. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to do this thing, God, that you're asking me to do this thing that I feel like is burning inside of me, but, but I don't know if I can pull this off, Lord. You feel like God's told you to do something and, and you're wrestling within yourself and you're kind of arguing with God a little bit. Come on, how many of you ever done that? I've argued with God sometimes. It doesn't usually go well, okay? Um, I'm not important. I'm not qualified. Why me? To be honest, that's a very relatable feeling. It's very relatable. I think we all feel that at some point in our lives. And when God called me to start this church, I felt that again. You know, it was five years after I went to Oklahoma and now I'm feeling this, this call and, and this word to start a church. And, and I was like, God, why me? You know, I've messed up in my life. I've made some big mistakes. And then, you know, I'm still trying to work through that in my head and I'm following you and I'm going after God, but, but I don't really think that I'm the one. I was a youth guy, I was a worship guy, and now I was a creative guy in production and all this kind of stuff. And, but I'm not a senior pastor. I'm not a lead pastor. That doesn't make any sense. God, why are you calling me to do this? I felt that feeling before. But if you look at verse 12 and you look at it in a little different context, you'll understand, uh, and this will, I think, help you feel a lot better if you ever have that feeling. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. His only qualifying factor is that God said he'd be with him. Amen? God will be with you. I will be with you when you take that step of faith. It doesn't matter who you are. You're asking, who am I? God says, I don't care. It doesn't matter who you are. It only matters who I am in you, amen? That's what counts. If you are worried about stepping out in faith, if you know that it's something that God's told you to do, he will supply every single need that you have in order to accomplish the goal he's given you, amen? He's going to do it. God is good and he is faithful and his promises are true. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how qualified you are. If God said it, he'll do it. Exodus four, Moses is still arguing with God. We're two chapters in of him arguing now. This does not look good for Moses, okay? Let's read it for a little bit. Moses said, are these on the screen for you guys? Can y'all see them? Maybe, no? Okay, we'll have to figure that out. Oh Lord, okay. Moses said to the, we'll have to figure that out because we gotta play the video later. So let's figure that out. Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who made man's mouth? I love that response. God said back to him, you're saying you're slow of tongue? Who made your mouth, bro? For real. I trevify the Bible a lot, okay? It helps me understand it. Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? 
After all of that, who, I'm, who made man's mouth? Who made him to speak or to be blind and all that? And Moses is like, seriously, can you really send somebody else? Are you kidding me, Moses? <laughs> like, I feel like that's what happened. It actually says that the Lord's anger burned against Moses in that moment. He's like, why are you arguing with me? God's saying, look, Moses, I made everyone on earth. Some people are blind. Some people, you know, can't hear. Some people have speech impediments like you do. Like some, we all got issues. But do you really think that that's gonna stop the plans that I have for your life? Do you think that those things are too big for me to handle, right? That's what we do so many times though. We think that our problems and our insecurities, the things that we're not good at are gonna somehow stop the almighty God who created everything from doing the thing that he told you he would do in your life. You see the logic? It just doesn't even make sense, right? And here's the deal. When you disqualify yourself, you are dissing God. When you disqualify yourself, you are dissing God. Sorry, God, you can't use me. I'm not good enough. Excuse me? Did you, you just said, I can't do something? Are you kidding me? I'm God. Do you know who I am? Come on, Moses, seriously. Do you know who I am, Mark? Do you know who I am, Rachel? Do you know who I am, Susie? I can use any single one of you that I want. By faith, you will believe, I believe in this place today, by faith, you will believe that God has qualified you to do what he has called you to do, amen? You won't feel qualified, but God's gonna do it and it's gonna be by faith. That was the first one, is that you won't feel qualified. Number two, if you're taking notes, when God calls you to walk by faith, you won't know the way. You will not know the way. Back to Hebrews 11. Let's just jump right into this chapter again. It starts giving example after example after example. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I love that. He obeyed and went. He didn't ask, all right, uh, can, I, can I get an address for that, Lord? Can I, I need to type it in Google Maps before I get started. I just need to go ahead and get my camels loaded up. We gotta get the kids and the cars ready and everything. Like we gotta go. Uh, I'm not really sure where I'm going. So I just need an address. Like, can you give that to me? No. You seriously think Moses was there uh, after leading, parting the Red Sea and then they go through and he's like, all right, Lord, uh, I'm gonna type in promised land now on Apple Maps and we're gonna go ahead and get there. Uh, it will take you 40 years. Oh my Lord. No, I'm just kidding. I think about the Bible in these, it makes it easier for me to understand, okay, guys? All right. Abraham, listen, he wasn't remembered for his superb navigational skills. What was he remembered for? Obedience to God. That's what faith looks like. If I had to define faith, that's what I would define it as. Believing God exists and obeying what he says. That's it. It's not that hard. We make it so complicated. I bet there were days that Moses woke up and walking around in the desert and he said, oh goody, another day walking around in the desert. Thanks Lord for this bread. You know what I mean? Like there had to be a day where some people, and it actually says the Israelites were grumbling and complaining a bunch. But you know what Moses had to do? He probably had to deal with that within himself before he came out of his tent. He probably woke up one day and was like, my back hurts, Lord. Like I'm just not feeling it today. But before I go out here, I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna walk out in obedience. And if anybody complains about that bread that is on the ground, you, I'm gonna get them, let me tell you right now. Moses had to deal with that probably himself and I'm sure some others had to do the same because they were obeying God. They had to make the choice every day to have faith and to obey God, to get up and to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. You're not always gonna know the way 
but God just wants you to take the next step. Take the next step. I don't know the final destination, but I know that God's leading me somewhere and I'm just gonna follow along the path that he's given me. It doesn't fully make sense, but I'm gonna take the next step. And then I'm gonna take the next step and I'm gonna obey God on every step along the way. Where are we going, Moses? Guys, where, where are we going right now? And Moses, I don't know, but God does. And that's enough for me. Come out of that tent, I'm ready to go. Where are we going today, Lord? Are we walking in circles? Are we gonna walk backwards? I don't care. It doesn't matter because you're the one leading. It doesn't matter. We're good. It's all right. I felt like God told me to plant this church here in Kyle. I would consider this my hometown. Grew up in Round Rock, came to Kyle. My, my grandparents in 2000, my family in 2007. And, um, you know, I was in Oklahoma, got the word, radical, felt like I was supposed to come. And there were so many steps that we had to take, a lot of steps before we could actually plant the church. And our first location was gonna be Negley Elementary. And we had made this contract in February of 2020. Think about that for a second, all right? <laughs> made the contract in February of 2020. And then the next month, March of 2020, pretty much right around my birthday is when COVID hit. And then the school district says, hey, you guys can't meet there anymore. I, I, it was in the middle of the summer, actually closer to the launch date than when we signed the contract. It was, it was coming up at the end of summer and we were supposed to launch at September 20th. And I'm like, guys, we have a contract signed. Like I get COVID's a thing, but like we will do whatever we need to do. I don't even care. Like we'll figure it out. Like we'll wear masks and we did for eight months, but like we'll wear masks and we'll clean and we'll, we had little spray bottles, all kinds of stuff. We'll get it done. But they were saying, no, no, you can't meet there. You can't do it anymore. And I was pacing. I was upset. She remembers, Lindsay remembers, I'm just pacing. I'm just like, oh my gosh, my mom remembers. I was just, what am I supposed to do? I felt like the Lord told us that this was our first step. This was the next step. I'd already done all the pre-planning, the interest parties, getting the team together, all this stuff. We did all these things. And I felt like the next step was Negley Elementary. And now I'm just pacing. Lord, what are we doing? What's going on here? And then Lindsay says, why don't you just give it to the Lord and let him figure it out? Thank you, wife. Glad that God has given you to me in this moment for this divine wisdom. Here's the deal. A couple days later, I get the call that our principal had chewed out the school district and said, no, I told this church that they were gonna meet in this school and they're meeting in this school. This is my school and I can do what I want with it and y'all can't tell me what to do. This church is launching on September 20th on time and in person. And we did, and we did. And I didn't have to do a thing. I didn't do a thing. I just, I just said, all right, fine. Like, you think I should give it to the Lord? I think that's a great idea. Because then I could just release this and I'm just like, Lord, you take care of it. And I, I, this is what you told me to do. I'm trying to take the next step. I feel like there's a roadblock. You're gonna have to move that thing out the way so I could take a next step. And he sure did. And that was our first step as a church. And, and then they started doing construction on Negley. And so then we took another step where we're at right now right? We're at Wallace Middle School. We took another step. And in, in between those two steps, there's a lot of little steps, a ton of steps that maybe you don't even know about, but there's a lot of steps that we've taken. The problem is, is maybe we're so concerned about planning everything out that we don't leave any room for faith. 
This is what I thought you said, Lord, and this is how I thought you were gonna do it. This is how it makes sense, Lord, as if we, in our divine wisdom, know anything, right? This is how you should be doing your job. Think about how dumb that sounds, but yet we do that all the time, don't we? Come on, we do it all the time. Just take a step. Maybe you're so concerned about planning everything out, you haven't left any room for faith. Listen, get down on that knee and ask that girlfriend that you've been dating for seven years to marry you. My goodness, y'all. Like, I'm telling you, just get it done. Just take a step of faith. Just get a, a knee of faith. That's what we'll call it. Come on, start that business. Go on that adventure, apply for that job, make the move, share your faith with a coworker or a friend. Don't think about it so much that you neglect your own faith. Just take a step, do something by faith. You will take the next step, amen? By faith, you will obey what God has said. You won't understand, but by faith, you'll go anyway. And by faith, you will get to where God wants you to go, amen? Come on, give God praise today. Number three, when God calls you to walk by faith, you won't get there tomorrow. You won't get there tomorrow. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. If I can get Miss Sadie up here, I don't know where she at. Let's play some keys. Come on, girl. You won't get there tomorrow. Today, I've decided, everybody, this is it. Today, I've decided to drive to New York City and my plan is, is that I will get in the car and then uh, I will wake up and I will be there. Um, and I'll just, I'll just be there. And that's what's gonna happen. And I'm not gonna have to drive. It's not gonna be a journey. I'm just gonna wake up. I'm just gonna get in the car, not do anything. And then I'm gonna be there tomorrow. It's gonna be great, right? That makes absolutely no sense. That's ridiculous. You're not gonna get there tomorrow. Nobody would put a location in Google Maps that is on the complete other side of the country and expect to get there tomorrow unless you drive 24 hours straight like Uri Diaz does. Come on, my man. That dude can drive so long without sleeping. I don't understand. Are you human? <laughs> You're not gonna arrive immediately, guys, but yet we expect that out of ourselves. When God tells us something, we expect that we're just gonna show up tomorrow. And when we don't get there in our timeline, we get upset at ourselves. And say, well, why am I not where I feel like I'm supposed to be? You start beating yourself up and you're like, man, I'm not in the place that I feel like God wants for me. Listen, it is a process, guys. It is a journey. You're not gonna wake up one day and just magically be in the, the majesty and glory of the position that God wants you to be in. Listen, it is going to take some time. Listen, I've seen it time after time after time. Let's say a, you know, a drug addict or an alcoholic gets saved or something like that. You think that addiction is gonna go away tomorrow? Now I've seen where the supernatural power of God will break that thing off and they never touch it again. And I love that. I think that's amazing. But you know what? you see more often than not, is a process. It's a process of learning to die to yourself and live for Jesus every day. I have to learn to crucify my flesh is what the Bible says. Literally, the Bible is very, very strong on sin. It's very strong on our flesh. It says, I have to crucify myself. It is no longer I that lives, but Jesus in me. 
And I have to, it, it says you gotta flee from sin, flee from Satan and run towards Jesus. And you, it, it gives the imagery of actually beating yourself up and, and like not beating yourself up, but beating like the sin within you and replacing that with the Holy Spirit, replacing that with God. It's not beating yourself up, but it's saying, hey, listen, the sin that's within me, I'm crucifying that and I'm living for Jesus. There might be some times where you fail, but listen, aren't you glad that the grace of God is there and is available for you when you do fall and when you take a step off the path that God has for you? And he says, hey, son, come on, let's get back on the path. It's like when my son is walking on the sidewalk and he starts going over towards the street and there's danger over there. I say, hey, son, hey, Back on the sidewalk. We don't walk in the street. Back on the sidewalk, son. He's riding his little thing. He goes up, son, <laughs> right? And that's how God is with you and with me. We think that when God calls us to something, it's gonna happen so quickly, but mostly it doesn't. It took David at least 10 years before he became king, after he was anointed. He got anointed, oils poured all over him. And he says, you're gonna be the next king of Israel. And then he's on the run for 10 years. You, I mean, he could have complained. God, I thought I was the king. What's going on? They're trying to kill me. You are the king in my time. You'll get there. It's a process, David. Moses walking around. Man, we've been out here for 38 years, Lord. They could have said that. A lot of them did. They actually said, why don't we just go back to Egypt? It was a lot better for us there. <laughs> you, they were enslaved. And they wanted to go back to that because they didn't want to trust God and walk through the process. Think about that. You want to go back to the old way of life and you want to be enslaved in the sin and the addictions and the problems and all that stuff that you had before? Or would you rather trust God even in the wilderness? Faith is believing that God is good even in the wilderness, amen? Even when you have no idea where you're going next, that is real and true faith. The pressure of promise is tough. Take the pressure off of yourself to get it done immediately, to make it happen. You just keep taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And then one day, eventually, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna look up and the Lord's gonna say, here it is. This is the land that I promised you. This is the land that I have given you and your descendants. That's what's gonna happen. One day, you're gonna step up and say, you know what, God, I'm here. The promise is being fulfilled. And you know what? As a church, man, you guys are the fulfillment of a promise that God gave me in 2017. So you don't even know that. You do now, but you didn't until I told you. We've been through so much together as a church and, and now this is the fulfillment of a promise that God gave me years ago, five, almost six years ago. The thing that God promised you 10 years ago, he's still good for it, amen? Come on, take a step. Somebody say, take a step. If God promised it, it is possible. Somebody say, take a step. You gotta take a step, y'all. You're not gonna know the way. You're not gonna feel qualified, but you got to take a step. The thing that God promised you, he will be good for it. And as a church, we walk by faith. Every single bit of this church is a result of the faith of the people that built it and the goodness of God. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he has done that. We launched in 2020 in the middle of COVID, y'all. And we are still here. Come on, you can give God praise for that. If it's your first time or you've been here since the beginning, you can give God praise for it. We're still here. It's a direct result of God making good on the promises that he's given us. 
When I heard that word radical, for the first time in 2017, God told me radical, and you know the story if you've been here for any period of time at all. God confirmed it through somebody else. It was a supernatural thing. I hadn't told anybody that that was the name of the church. And this person said, I feel like radical is your word. Supernatural, 2017. When I heard the word radical, I had to walk by faith. When COVID hit, our launch team had to walk by faith. And when we launched at Negley Elementary, our rad team had to walk by faith. When we moved to Wallace Middle School, our church had to walk by faith. And by faith, we're about to take the next step in our journey together as a church. You guys ready? All right, roll tape. In early 2020, we started having interest parties to see who would wanna be a part of a brand new church right here in Kyle, Texas, and become the first members of Radical Church. During that time, I had a meeting with the principal right here at Negley Elementary to see if we could use their facilities as our first church home. But then COVID hit, and we weren't sure if we were gonna be able to launch in person at all, but our principal went to bat for us and made sure that we were able to launch on time and in person on September 20th of 2020. Over the next 20 months, our church met there and experienced God in powerful ways. So many people were saved, baptized, and people's lives were changed forever. God was doing amazing things. As construction began on Negley Elementary, that chapter of our church closed and a new one began. Wallace Middle School was kind enough to open their doors to us over the last few months. And over the summer, God has actually grown our church and he's done miracles in this place. While we've had two really great schools to partner with and we're so thankful for our time with those schools, that chapter of our church is also coming to a close. A few weeks ago, I called our church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. We were believing for God to do miracles and boy, did he deliver. On day one of the fast, Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., I had a meeting about a warehouse that was for lease on the other side of I-35, right by the hospital. I prayed and prayed that God's will would be done, and I believed that by the 10th day that we would have our answer. Sure enough, on the 10th day of our fast, as I was in my time of prayer and fasting, I got the call that we were selected to be the tenants. Church family, I'm excited to announce a new chapter is beginning. Welcome to our new home. We will begin construction for the interior build out on August 1st, which will include a 3,300 square foot auditorium, a large lobby space, three kids classrooms, restrooms, and an office. This is a seven day a week space that can be used for youth services, rad groups, team meetings, volunteer training, conferences, office space for our staff. The possibilities are endless. I am believing for God to do the impossible here in this building. Lives transformed, addictions broken, marriages restored. Come on, lives are forever changed right here in this building, Radical Church. Come on now, let's celebrate y'all. We have a building. Let's go! We got a building! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus! Would you get 
on now. Hey, stay standing right now. Man, I'm so excited for this new building. I'm so pumped. And let me tell you, I knew that, that when I had that meeting on the first day of the fast, I was like, man, something's different about this. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. There's been other opportunities. Let me tell you, there's been other opportunities that we could have jumped on. The Lord said, son, <laughs> back on the sidewalk, right? Come on now, move on back. He said, I'm taking you somewhere. Now, is this our final home as a church? No, it's not. But what is this? It's a step. It's our next step. And we're believing by faith that this is our next step as a church. And I hope that you will believe with me that God is going to do the impossible in that building. When I said that in that video, that I believe that lives will be transformed, I'm not kidding you. We've already seen so many people's lives forever changed through the ministry of this church, through you praying over one another, through you fellowshipping with one another, and for you believing in God by faith that his promises are yes and amen. We've seen miracles. And I believe this is just another opportunity for us to see more miracles, to serve our community better, to, for us to be able to serve you better and your family. Like I said, this is for the youth. Come on, you guys are gonna have a place to hang out and have youth service, that's amazing. Rad groups are gonna be able to meet out of there. And I'm telling you, that's gonna be fun. Michelle and Jeff are loving that, come on now. We're gonna have meetings, conferences, we're gonna have events, all kinds of fun things that we're gonna be able to do there. Ultimately, believe that that building is, it really means nothing at the end of the day. Why? Because you're the church. We're the church together. And by faith, this has been our apartment, right? Like this is our apartment. Like the, the rent is cheap and it works for now. You know, like we got, when you get out of college or in college, you got that one bedroom apartment, you know, you're in a college dorm room. You got the, you got suite mates, you know, that you have a shared bathroom with them. Like, you know, we're appreciative, of course. And it's a good season. Everyone goes through that season and that's where we've been. And now we're getting into our starter home. And I love that. We're starting a little cute family. We're getting into our starter home. We're gonna lease the building. And then I believe that one day God will take us to the promised land. Let me tell you. And we will have land in a building that we can call our own, but for at least the next three years, which is how long we've signed a lease for, this will be our home. 1151 Button Creek, baby. Come on, that's our new home. And go check it out. We're taking a step. And that's what it's all about. Do I know exactly how everything's gonna get done? No. Do we have all the funds that we need to make it happen yet? No. Is it going to? Yes. Why? Because God said it. And that's all I need. That's good enough for me. So I'll tell you about it next week, but we're launching a new campaign called the By Faith Campaign. And the goal is to raise $100,000 in the course of just a few months. Can we do it? Yes. Oh, I wasn't even asking. <laughs> Great. It was more rhetorical, but thank you for that. I think we can. In fact, I know that we can because with God, all things are possible. So next week, we'll talk more about the By Faith campaign and what that looks like. Hey, we're gonna take a step, maybe for you and your personal finances, man. Like, hey, I'm gonna take a step of faith and I'm gonna give towards this because I really believe in what's happening at that church. Man, I'm gonna give towards this, 
this church, not the building, but you're giving to an organization that is going after Jesus, like that is helping people find and follow Jesus all around the world, not just here in Kyle. And so, man, I'm so grateful. And I just wanna take a second and encourage you personally, now that we've given the big announcement, man, I encourage you, please share it and, and, and on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, you know, hype it up and everything. Um, the, goal is, the goal is to be in the building before Christmas, okay? That's the goal. The lease starts on August 1st and we'll start construction as soon as possible on the interior build out. Uh, those renderings that you saw, those, that is actually like what we think is going to be the plans. That, that is pretty much exactly what it's gonna look like. And so um, very excited about that. And I wanna encourage you personally though, we're taking a step of faith as a church, but what is that thing that you've been thinking about this entire message that I've been talking that you need to take a step of faith in? I'll take a step of faith for you all day long, but there's some things personally that God has spoken to you, or maybe he's speaking to you right now and he's calling you to take a step of faith. I wanna encourage you, by faith, man, take that step today. Take that step over the next few months. You're not gonna feel qualified. You're not gonna know the way. It's not gonna happen tomorrow, guys. But if you will trust in God, he'll lead you there, amen? Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for every single person in this place. I pray that you would bless their families, Lord. I pray that you would bless their kids, bless their jobs, Lord, and Give them favor in every area of their life with God and with man. And Lord, I pray right now that if there's somebody in this room that has been putting off taking a step of faith, walking by faith into something you've called them to, God, that you would give them the courage and the boldness to say yes today, right here, right now, to take that step, to start a new business, to start a family, to maybe get married, to get that you know, uh, advanced degree or to take that new job or maybe even to move across the country. They might not even be here anymore because they gotta take that step and they gotta move, they gotta go. Lord, I pray that someone would take that step. Somebody watching online right now, you need to take a step. You need to take a step of faith. Whatever that is for you, I, I don't know. I, there's no way that I can know. But Father, I pray right now that whatever that is for each and every one of these people, that you encourage them in that and help them to be bold and take a step. Because we say, who am I? But the question we should be asking is, who are you and how are you good through me? How amazing you are, how powerful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. It doesn't matter who I am. It matters who you are, God. And so we thank you in this place. And God, thank you for our new building. Thank you for our new facility. God, we give you praise. God, we give you honor. We give you glory for this. Lord, we're so grateful. We're so excited to move into this new space. And God, would you provide the funds to make it happen? Lord, we know we can do it. We know that it's possible. With you, all things are possible. And so would you help us to get this thing done uh, in a timely way, in a way that's gonna be uh, beneficial to all of us. And Lord, I pray that every single service that we have there, we're looking to the future already. I pray that people would get saved in that building. People would be broken of addiction in that building, that marriages are restored, that kids and their relationship with their parents would become better, that children would find and follow Jesus, even from a young age in that building. We're gonna dedicate people. We're gonna baptize people. Come on, we're gonna see people saved, healed, delivered, set free, made whole, all of the goodness of God 
will be found in that facility. Lord, I pray that we would be a blessing to every other tenant that is in that park. They wouldn't even understand what's going on, but they would be blessed because we are in that building. Why? Because you are with us. It doesn't matter if we're qualified. The only qualifying factor that we have is that you are with us. So thank you, Jesus. And it's your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. Mic drop. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I won't drop the mic. Pastor Tim would get mad. Hey, God bless you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, the video will be posted on social media in just a little bit. So share that thing, comment, hype it up. We got a building, everybody. Let's do it. See you later.